Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Oh, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Also, six great flavors of slushies. Don't forget about Brewers Outlet gift cards. They show how much you care, and it also gives the person the option of getting exactly what they want. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. James Franklin in a moment, but first, our play-by-play call of the day. Justin Herbert gets it done in overtime. Herbert to pass. Pocket holds. All kinds of time. Takes a shot. Wants it all. Has a man. Guyton caught. And he's tackled at the two. Guyton is tackled at the two. It was a little underthrown. The Chargers with a first and goal from the two-yard line. App sneak. Dives. Waiting for the signal. Touchdown, Chargers. Justin Herbert with the one-yard dive. Josh Lewin with the call on the L.A. Chargers radio network. In overtime, they beat the Raiders last night 30-27, to which is continuing a trend that we're seeing in the NFL right now. And that trend is this. Teams that need to win a game down the stretch to enhance their playoff possibilities have been losing. That is the trend we're seeing of late in the NFL, including last night. And the Chargers, Herbert looks better by the game. Give him a lot of credit. All right. With that, we now bring in the head football coach of the Lions, Penn State. Tomorrow we'll take on Illinois and Beaver Stadium at 5.30 on beginning at 4 o'clock. The head football coach of the Nittany Lions, James Franklin. James, to you and Fumi and uh, Addie and Shola and the entire Penn State football family, happy holidays. Yeah, same to you, Steve. Good evening. Hope everybody is well. Um, you know, uh, Wednesday was interesting uh, with uh, not only practice, and uh, signing day, but also whatever we got eighteen inches of snow. It's it's it's, all, it's it's been interesting. It was interesting. It was good. I finally got a chance to see you. So <laughs> it's been a while since that That's happened. Exactly right. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's uh, we'll do this in some chronological order here. So let's start with the uh, with the recruiting part of it. And there are fifteen players that you signed. The average star rating is about on par with the average star rating of your recent classes. Is that one way to view what uh, you and your staff are able to accomplish with limited scholarships? Yeah, I, I think you always have to to look at you know both. I think you know I think the most important thing always is the average star rating because uh, classes are inflated um, based on how many you sign. You know, if you look, we I think we've talked about this before, Steve. If you if you um, if you sign a full class every year, your your rankings are going to go up. But on top of that, the other thing is I don't know how you sign a full class, you know, and most sign more than that. 
you sign 25 a year for four years, that's 100 prospects. If you do it for five years, that's 125. Right. And you can only have 85. I don't know how that really works. Um, but but back, back to your point, you know, for me, um, it is about quality. There are going to be some years where we sign big classes and there are going to be some years where, where we sign smaller classes. And that is definitely going to affect – um, your overall ranking. And then I think the other thing, obviously, that was kind of unique and strange this year is how many prospects were signing or have signed um, that have not been here, that have not seen the place or haven't come on an official visit or an unofficial visit. Uh, so it's, you know, it's obviously a, a different year from the, from those perspectives. At one point or another, about half, maybe I think a little bit more than half of the prospects you ended up signing at least camped here. Now, obviously not this year, but in years past. What does the camp do to give you a read, not just on seeing comparable talent on the field, but also how they handle themselves, how they fit in with other people? How does that help you, and did that play a role in some of the people that you targeted? Yeah, I think the camp workouts are, are really important. Um, because to your point, you kind of get to see how coachable are, they are, what their personalities um, are like, um, you know. And then obviously you get to see them in person, athletically, and how they move, and how they run, and how they jump. Um, and then a lot of times you're able to get testing information as well. Their forty, um, you know, their vertical jump, their pro agility, you know, uh, their exact measurements. Um, you know, rather than having to depend on somebody else for that information. Um, and, and we have, you know, gotten a large number of the guys that we have recruited through that process. Again, you know, that's, that's different this year. Um, but, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Evaluation, camp evaluations are going out in the spring and being able to see these guys. Um, all those things are, are extremely valuable. You've mentioned, obviously, the transfer portal. In college basketball, something the transfer portal does is it keeps certain teams older. So uh, how important is, A, of course, the need that you have so that somebody can fill it, but also the ability, because you have a young football team right now, to keep your team a little older? Yeah, I think I think the college basketball point is, is a good one. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to build your team. There's a lot of different ways for for the model uh, to work. You know, in, in college basketball, you can be packed full of, of five stars that are there for a year and gone, and you can have a lot of success with that, or 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 challenges that come with that. And then you can have other teams that that um, you know, by the nature of of their process and their recruiting, um, the guys stay longer. And, and you have a mature um, football team or, excuse me, basketball team uh, that has played, you know, together, played well together, um, and are able to have a lot of success because of those things. So um, I, I think what you like is you like kind of a little bit of a combination of both. All right. Um, when it came to practice this week, another element that was thrown in there, you had snow. So normally you like to practice Wednesday, but you practiced earlier. Also, players were going through finals during the course of this week. Did you were you able to get the vast majority of players on the practice field this week? So you know, even though they had some finals, yes, um, for the most part, we were able to do that. Some of the classes offered finals early. That helped. Um, you know, Tuesday night was was interesting because 
you know, um, we have to have a proper night our special teams, you know, meeting that we normally have Wednesday morning. Those those both happened late Tuesday night. And then we had to push all our games and everything else up. And we were gonna have to spend a couple hours in the morning with the recruits, which was really important. And then um, you know, with the snow, we had to move our practice up about three or four hours uh, to make sure that we got that in at a point where our players could travel safely and and get home and all those types of things. So um, it, Wednesday was a Wednesday and, and Tuesday night were you know interesting, um, you know. But fortunately, with snow and everything else, we, we were able to make it work. Right, exactly. Um, when you have to find out on a Sunday who your next opponent is, how did you handle the scout? Did you have certain grad uh, assistants take a look at some pers- uh, prospective opponents and they were ready to go? How did you handle that part? That way you had the proper scout to get to work. Yeah, that, that really both ideas of who we thought it could be. Uh, you know, based on conversations with the conference and conversations I had with Sandy and you know, and and just trying to kind of figure it out. So you kind of had it narrowed down a little bit, but it definitely slowed down. You know, our process in terms of you know um, you know game planning and and how a Saturday night after a game normally goes uh, for the graduate assistants and and for the coaches uh, on Sunday morning. You know, we had to wait until we knew for sure, and then you know start those breakdowns. So it definitely it definitely was was different. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and, and we made the most of it. Uh, Sean Clifford, and this will be your basic knock-on-wood question, Sean Clifford and Will Levis have combined to throw only one interception in the last three games. What have you seen from each as to how they're approaching it and also in your passing game what the receivers have been able to do to make sure that they were getting the maximum amount of it? Yeah, I think it's it's a combination of of. of you know, of both. I think it's those guys being very mindful of the ball and making good decisions. But I also think it's it's how we've called the game as well. I think that's helped. Um, and I think, you know, those young wideouts, we've got two true freshmen that are playing a lot for us, and you know, I think they're doing a better job of running routes and creating space and, and, and you know, and creating, um, you know, explosive plays. I think those things have been been really helpful. So it's a combination. The other thing that we've done that that goes along with that, you know, we've protected better. We we haven't given up a whole lot of sacks or pressures lately too. And I think that's a combination of the same factors. And what kind of cohesion are you seeing up front? Whether it's five or six in combination with a couple of young tight ends. Yeah, I've been I've been pleased with our line. I've been pleased with the young tight ends as well. Um, I think those guys are, are really doing a nice job for us. Um, you know, we're using them, you know, obviously in the run game as well in the past game and, and we're playing physical, you know, for I think the, the young tight ends specifically, um, you know, because you, I, I say specifically because you don't always expect that out of freshmen in that role. When you think back of Mike Kosicki and guys like that, um, you know, they, they've been very physical and I think that's, that's really helped us. Uh, on the defensive line, Shane Simmons was able to make his his first career start in what was the senior day game, which was last week. 
And also, as the game went, a guy that got mixed in a little bit here and there that would be new to Penn State fans would be Smith Vilbert. So what did you think, A, of Shane Simmons' performance and how he played? And also, what do you think the uh, potential is for a young guy like Smith Vilbert, who obviously stepped in last week and gave you some valuable minutes? Yeah, I'm really happy for Shane, a guy you know that, that's been around and, and um, you know has always been an unbelievable kid in terms of his attitude and his work ethic and how involved his family's been. And he's played played a lot of football here for a number of years, you know, but that role uh, has grown and he's and he's got an opportunity and, and play at a high level. Really happy for him and, and well deserved and well earned. And then Smith's a guy that, you know, we're excited about. You know, we recruited. He's a long athletic guy. He was a basketball guy that has come into football, um, you know, later in his career. And, uh, you know, I think he has a very bright future. Uh, James, uh, defensively, you're probably pretty pleased with 11 of the last 12 quarters. Obviously, the second quarter on Saturday was, was, was interesting. What has made the difference? A couple things, I think. I think we're playing with a little bit more confidence. Uh, we've gotten some guys back from a depth perspective, which I think has is, is helped as well. Um, you know, I, I think we've been more gap sound, um, uh, and we're just we're just playing faster and more aggressive. And you know, I, I think you know, obviously, when you, when you make plays on offense or you make plays on defense or you make plays on special teams. You know, it, it confidence. Um, you know, big plays I think lead to big plays. Um, you know, momentum is a real thing, and um, you know, I think you know when you start out playing well and you make people one-dimensional, which we've been able to do, um, then you got a chance to be pretty good. And that's where all of our sacks have come in in the past is you get people off schedule and you make them one-dimensional, and then you get into obvious throwing downs, and then that's where you can, you know, you can really put pressure on the quarterback. So. I think I think those are really the biggest keys. But at the end of the day, it's it's fundamental football. We're tackling better, uh, we're more depth out. Which a lot of teams now do the quick passing game. I catch, I throw, and it's tougher to get sacks in that situation. How does a defensive front or a blitz need to handle somebody that wants to play quick game like that? Yeah, and. POs mess with you too because you know you, you you start and it looks like a run and you get you're thick on the guy trying to play your run responsibility and then you have to transition now to a pass rush. Um, so you know those things th- those things I think have, have really changed not only college football but but the NFL um, and whether they're quick passing game like you're talking about or whether it's screens. You know, I've always told um, you know our defense, uh, our defensive coaches, uh, our D line coach, and 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 Coach Pry as well is, you know, if if I'm playing Penn State over the last five years, I'm I'm not gonna allow them to stack the quarterback. I'm gonna I'm gonna move the pocket. I'm gonna go quick game. Uh, I'm gonna try to establish the run on early down. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say you know, no different than you do in any other area. You say, okay, what is their strength? Well, their strength over the last four or five years has been sacking the quarterback. Well, we can't allow their strength to beat us, and there's got to be a plan to do that. And a quick passing game is is a way uh, that people can try to help themselves in that area. Obviously, on Saturday, made kicks. There was also the fourth down, drawing an offside on special teams. Jahan had the punt return for a touchdown, but also Lamont Wade jump started with with a kickoff return. What kind of feel does it take, James, in the kickoff return game and in the punt return game that we witnessed on Saturday? 
Yeah, and you know, I think I think that's a really good point. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. You can you can have a really good scheme, complementary. You, you better have a returner, and kickoff return is a very different skill set um, than a punt return. And a punt return's mindset and mentality um, is very different. You know, that that's a that's a position where you, know, you have to be very comfortable and, and be brave. To uh, to be standing there with you know basically 21 guys running at you as you're looking up in in the air, and and got a real good feel and got a good real a real good sense of when the fair catch, or when to you know return the ball based on how much cushion you're going to have. Um, so those decisions are really important. And then as a kick returner, you need someone that's going to really trust the scheme and hit it up in there. You gotta you gotta trust it and hit it. Um, and you know, uh, if you look at if you look at Lamont, obviously, you know he was able to do that on Saturday, and and has been working at it for a while. So it's great to see that. We love to use defensive guys like that, but a lot of times, you know, you're concerned about ball security because they just don't work it as much as the offensive players. So that's where, for me, I need the defensive players to prove to me and show to me that that they are going to protect the football the same way an offensive player would. At this time of the year, obviously, and we've talked about this many times, you're not going to go as long on a practice field at this time of the year because this is the ninth consecutive week you've had to play. So when playing a team like Illinois, and they've had four different starting quarterbacks, but the two primaries are Brandon Peters and Isaiah Williams, obviously they do some of the same things, but they obviously do some things that are different. So in a shorter practice time, how do you want to handle something like that? Yeah, so for us, you're always trying to protect, you know, the team reps, the seven-on-seven reps, the things that really deal with scheme and get our guys ready and and confident with what they're going to see on Saturday. Now, the challenge with that is, I just got done saying that fundamental football at the end of the day is always the best. Well, you got to well, you got to cut back somewhere. So, are you going to cut from individual to get them off the field a little bit quicker, or are you going to cut? Uh, from your team period, so uh, you, you really like to do a little bit of both. You try not to lose any reps. You try to just go through them faster, um, and then you try to cut down a little bit, um, you know, from from individual and things like that, uh, because it's not just about how much they run and how long they run. It's also about how long they're on their feet. So it's a combination of cutting a few reps down. Uh, but also, if you can get them off the field 12 minutes earlier or 20 minutes earlier, those things add up. Um, and then you're also trying to, you know, make adjustments. It can't just come from the football field. It's got to be a little bit less in the weight room. It's got to be all those things, and you just kind of make those adjustments uh, as the year has gone on. Uh, obviously, there's a certain way that probably in I'd say June or July you probably wanted to play on both sides of the ball if not all three areas and obviously things in certain ways because of circumstances didn't work out that way what kind of job is your your staff done in adapting to what they have to figure out ways to win yeah this year uh, has been all about adapting it, it really has really from the beginning um, how we're going to meet with the players how we're going to practice how we're going to keep everybody safe and healthy we've had another really good week um, you know, of, of COVID testing. We, we still continue to have the false positives. I think we're up to 58 false positives. We had, we had two more today, um, um, which affect practice and meeting times uh, and all those things. But it's, it's literally, you know, this year is about all about adjusting. 
you know, adjusting and being flexible and and um, and and we're so routine oriented. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the staff. Obviously, especially the, the second half of the season and what what we've been able to do. And um, you know, not only that, but the discipline and, and the restraint that that our guys have showed in terms of the choices that they make uh, when they're outside of our Lash Football facility and and our practice complex. Um, because you know, we're pretty much in a bubble inside. Um, but when the players and the coaches go home, uh, back to their dorms or downtown or, or they're around their families, um, you know, you, 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 you put those things in jeopardy. That, that's, you know, one of the conversations I'm having with, with my wife right now and with my daughter's, uh, you know, sickle cell is, you know, how many days am I going to have to quarantine, um, before going and, and seeing them? So, you know, whenever, whenever our season is done, um, you know, uh, how many days is, is the sickle cell doctor saying I have to quarantine uh, before I can before I can get to see him? So these are all the things that, that people are discussing and, and trying to figure out. And um, I'm really proud of all the sacrifices and, and how we've handled it because, again, knock on wood, you know, we've handled you know COVID um, pretty well. And, and now the second half of the season, uh, we're playing a better brand of football. And finally, James, what should that tell everybody about the personality of your players and the personality of your program that, A, they handled COVID as well as they have, but, B, how they have played here in the second half of the season? I'm sorry, Steve. Can you say that one more time, please? Yeah. What you know, What should it tell everybody that's listening to us right now about your players that, A, they've handled COVID the way they've handled it, but also how they've played the last three weeks. What should you tell everybody about the personality of your team and your program? Well, I, I think you know, resiliency in life is such an important trait for, for all of us to have and that you're trying to you know, teach young people. And I think that's, that's the real value of college athletics is how, how do you teach that? Um, and, you know, obviously this, this was a tough year on everybody for a lot of different perspectives. So to see this team at this point of the season battling and fighting and sticking together and, and, and celebrating on the sideline, one of the best clips um, that I'm going to show the team Friday night is just watching our sideline explode for Jahan. And, uh, not just for Johan, but you know, just for our team, you know, celebrate a positive play, a fun play, an exciting play, and you just watch. And this late in the season, and, and this late in the year, um, to find ways to win, to go on the road and win at the big house, and and play week after week, Big Ten, Big Ten games only, and and you know, knock on wood again, be able to play all of our games. I think we're only one of two teams in the Big Ten to play, you know, all of our all of our games. So there's a lot of there's there's a lot of wins in there. There's a lot of success in there. There's a lot of things to learn from and grow from. Um, not perfect, not perfect, but 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 there are a lot of wins, and it just depends on on how you view them and and what you're looking for. Um, and and for me in college athletics and as an educator, it's all not just the points on the board. That's a big part of it. I'm not underestimating the value of that, but it's, it's all. This will be the uh, last time we do the show until probably one April. So sat here every week, took took every question, gave every answer along the way. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that with all the insight you've given us into uh, 
Fumi, Addy, Shola, and your entire family. Happy holidays. Best of luck on Saturday. You as well, Steve. Give everybody my best. Have a great night, everybody. James Franklin, the King, next half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK. your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, and six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. So we've had basketball coach Jim Ferry, Lady Line basketball coach Carolyn Keeger, and in the last half hour, football coach James Franklin. There's only one way to top off a show like that. It is with the king. You see how tall Baron Trump is? (laughs) And again, we go in a direction no one expected. He's got to be like six foot five, six foot six. The last time I seen him was in the parade when he was inaugurated. He's like, he towers over his father. Anyway, what up? Yeah. Yeah, I want to say his dad, I I met him once. And the father, uh, President Trump, I met him once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Oh, that's neat. Uh, And... I'd say the president's about six two to six three somewhere in there. Oh, so it this runs in the family. Powers over him. You should Google him now. He's got to mm. be six foot seven then. Hmm. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, but I was sitting here just reading. You know, maybe it's not him at the fake. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right. And uh, just when Matt was worried that the king was bored. All right. Uh, no, not bored at all. Hey, what did I used to watch before I came on? Judge Judy. So, yeah. That's when I was in the uh, Studio 7. So, yeah. All right. um, yeah. Studio 22. So I have the internet. Yeah. Hey, so I need your guys' professional opinions because you're the smartest people in sports I know. Should I Ohio know. State win? <laughs> yeah. And Notre Dame lose. Who gets the bid? Uh, Notre Dame. Good answer. Yes. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah. Both are still uh, going to get in, but it should be Notre uh, I Dame. Th- I think they'll both get in, but Notre Dame should have preference. They yep. should be the higher. They'll be the higher seed of the two. Well, who gets bumped for Ohio State? If Ohio State loses or wins? No, if they win. Uh, if Ohio State I don't wins, consider they're right. them a top four team because they only played seven games. The only, right, only well, the only way somebody's getting bumped is if Clemson the, the loses to Notre Dame. Then the that might open the, up the door for somebody. Yeah, the Clemson Notre Dame loser is the one that has to have the, some concerns, especially Clemson because it would be two losses. 
two losses to Notre Dame should not come out. So. Right. O- Ohio State uh, wins tomorrow. Then uh, Ohio State, I think, will get in because this is essentially the brand name tournament. Right. Uh, that's I believe what it comes down to. This for is about Ohio brands. State to get in, they got to win big. Uh, I think all you have to do is win. Really? Yes. I heard that they put a lot of weight on that, how they win, you know, especially because they're going to be under a lot of scrutiny because of it. Not this year, because it's all about the brands, which is about as dumb as you can be when you're trying to determine playoff teams. Let me put it this way. They're fourth fourth right now and haven't been playing. They've even moved up to third a couple of times, which is just baffling but again it's yeah. all about the and ratings. it doesn't mean Ohio State's not the number a top 14 it's just you can't I was listening to it I was like my goodness I, I get it but this is a weird year a, a team that only loses one game but played 12 shouldn't get bumped for someone who only played 7 games you know, that, that's almost half the games yeah, that that's means because you're doing an eyeball check. You're, you're looking well, at the, it and saying, well, they look better, you know? Exactly, which I've well, cried foul a, on many times. It's and stupid. The, there's also, there's yeah. also something called data points, and by actually playing in the championship game and winning it, I'm talking about your conference championship game, you get a, quote, right. important data point. Texas yep. A&M, for example, didn't win its division, so they don't get that data point. They're a good All football right. team. Texas A&M is very good. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll come back with our picks. We're going to run roughshod through these things, you know, including Matt getting bitter about the Notre Dame point spread. Bitter. Unbelievably bitter. Like it matters. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. I'm back. Brewers Outlet. Brewers Outlet. Brewers Outlet. Bud 30 packs, 16.95. Bud 30 packs, 16.95. Bud 30 packs, 16.95. Or maybe a Molson 28 pack for just 19.95. Imports, microbrews, soda, snacks, hot sauce, and of course, the pickle bar. Have a friend? Need a present? How about a Brewers Outlet gift card? Merry Christmas to all, and thank you for the many years of patronage. Time for the picks, huh? So, so you want to go NFL first? He's six foot six. <laughs> That's how much he he's uh, tall now. Yeah, let's do NFL first, and then we can save the, the big college picks for last. All right, let's go for it. Okay, New England at Miami. King. New England. Okay. Everybody's riding New England. Steve. Miami. I have Miami as well. I think Miami. Miami beat Miami, for goodness sakes, beat them when they had Brady. (laughs) Exactly right. The miracle, too, in Miami last year. That was a good one. Uh, NFC North battle next. Chicago at Minnesota. Steve. Ugh. God, dreadful. You wonder why the NFL ratings are down. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Minnesota. They appear to have at least uh, a, a, an NFL-level quarterback. I am going Chicago this week. 
I think they are, they're starting to catch fire a little bit here. I don't like the way Minnesota's playing, so I'll go Chicago here. What, they could put one 30-point performance on for the first time in four years? And yeah, you're on the Minnesota's up and down, too. Well, Minnesota's not very good, but, I mean, the Bears' offense? Oh, my. the Bear, You know what's, what, what's interesting about the Bears' offense? It's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, yes. King. A bear would be a beat a Viking. <laughs> Chicago. Here we go again. <laughs> hey, it's as good as anybody's logic. Uh, Seattle and Washington. King. No Alex Smith for Washington, by the way. Officially the football out. team. <laughs> You're still taking them. Yeah, I like Washington. Washington is a really good team. So I like the Redskins. If Alex Smith was playing, I'd probably go with the upset with Washington, but I'm sticking with Seattle. Steve. Low scoring, Dwayne Haskins, the difference. Seattle. Ugh, I hope I'm right. <laughs> That's awful. Of course, I didn't realize that Smith wasn't playing. But oh, sorry. So I hope that we're me, right then. So. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to get my buck kicking again this week. Here we go. Next. All right, and then finally, the premier game of the week, which I'll be doing a lot of flipping back and forth on because the Eagles play at the same time. But Kansas City, at New Orleans, Drew Brees will play. Michael Thomas will not. Steve. Which team has Patrick Mahomes? That would be uh, the Kansas City Brett Feach. New Orleans. Uh, well, check mark Kansas City. <laughs> I got Kansas City as well. Uh, the Chiefs are the best team in football. Yes, they are. Kansas City, yep. All right, so clean slip on, on KC. Hey, by the way, our, I forgot to mention where we're at for this point. We don't need to know. <laughs> I'm the lead dog, 68-30. and 6-3 and three last week. Steve was 7-2 last week, 59-47. King was 5-4, and 55-51. There you go. All right. Just want to be 1-0. <laughs> That's right. All right, here we go. First, Texas A&M at Tennessee. Steve. Uh, let's see. Texas A&M is way better than Tennessee. I'll go with them. <laughs> I got the Aggies as well. King. Texas A&M. Okay. Next one, we've got... The AAC title game, Tulsa and Cincinnati. King. The Bearcats, Cincinnati. I like the Bearcats, too. They've had a good year. Steve. Uh, Low-scoring game, first team to 20 wins because they're two really good defenses. My only concern about Cincinnati is they haven't played in three weeks, but I'm going to pick them anyway to win. Tulsa's defense, though, very, very good. All right, clean sweep with the Bearcats. Next one is the Mountain West title game. San Jose State, Boise State. Steve. Well, I did a lot of prep on San Jose State because that was going to be Penn State's third game of the season. Oh, that's right. They haven't lost this season, and I know the brand is Boise State, but I think San Jose State's going to beat them. I got San Jose, too. San Jose State, they're too. Six, they're 6-0. Yeah, love the defense, love their run game. That's what wins them the ball game. King. Quarterback's a problem, though. Quarterback for San Jose State is like, yeah, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Well, because of the quarterback not being very good, I got Boise State. Okay. There you go. 
Thanks, man. Going with the blue team. All right. Anytime. <laughs> Big 12 title game now. Rematch. Iowa State. Oklahoma. King. I think this Iowa State year, I got Iowa State. I got the Cyclones as well in a close rematch. You know, what's interesting is that football, to me, football, basketball are all about matchups. Iowa State, you look at the last few years, they match up well with Oklahoma. Hey, that's why they've been able to beat them a couple of times. I just, I'm just going to go with the rematch factor here, and I'm going to say it's going to be Oklahoma's turn this time. All right, OU for Steve. Next. You no, know, I always spelt Oklahoma O A K. Oh boy! I learned today I was spelling it wrong. There's That's nothing like that. There's uh, nothing like that Enfield education. Yeah, well, uh, well. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, that. There we go. Yeah. Where do you go to school? And who was your spelling teacher growing up yeah. in Connecticut? Uh, I can't pronounce her name. <laughs> Can't spell it either. So. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Big Ten title game now. Ohio State, Northwestern. Steve. Northwestern doesn't have a good defense. They have a fabulous defense. In fact, Northwestern's defense is better than Ohio State's defense. The problem is, is I just don't think Northwestern has enough firepower and offense to match scores with Ohio State. I just don't think they can do it. I think Ohio State will win. I think they'll be by, by double digits, but they're going to have to fight to do it. I'm on the same lines, and I think the reason, big reason why, of course, is going to be Justin Fields is going to be too much. He's going to make one of those, like, man, like, just, that's I mean, why he's a good quarterback. That's why he's one of the, the best quarterbacks. You watch the Joseph kid, the Newsom kid, Patty Fisher, and Blake Gallagher. Those will be four of the best defenders on the field. Northwestern's defense can play, just their offense, just not enough gear. All right, so Steve and I got the Buckeyes. King, what say you? I watch the Indiana-Ohio State game, and I watch Ohio State just totally undress Indiana and then watch Indiana come back and Ohio State not really have an answer. And yeah. that's the only team they've really played that's a top-ten quality team. Therefore... I think Northwestern will give them a fight and will win the game. All right. I like it. Like I said, Northwestern defensively is not good. They're outstanding. I think Notre Dame and Clemson are the two best defense. I'm sorry, Notre Dame and Northwestern are the two best defenses I've seen. Even, I mean, even better than, and I'd say Iowa would be up there too, better than Alabama. And speaking of Bama, SEC title game at night. like that segue there. Look, Bama is going to – I mean, they're going to run roughshod over this team. I mean, Florida's defense, as much as I just praised Northwestern, 180 of that is Florida's defense. I mean, they couldn't defend the little sisters of the poor. They're going to take on Alabama. Alabama is going to get 50 in this game. Florida, I'm Florida's writing offense, that down. Florida's <laughs> offense is terrific. But, again, they can't score enough to keep up with Alabama. Yeah, I, I got the same sentiments, Bama, big. Win by 50. How do you spell 50? It's 5-0. <laughs> They'll score, uh, Alabama will score at least 50 in this game. Okay. I got that written down because, remember, Navy was going to get blown out. Okay, Alabama <laughs> I also have. All right. 
And then finally, the ACC Championship. Notre Dame, Clemson. Who do you boys got? Let's start with the King. I gotta go with Rudy. I I love I, Clemson's coach. What's his name? Dabo Sweeney. He's really been teeing me off with his stupid comments. You know, just yeah. go coach your football team and stop acting like you're a spokesman for, you know, right and wrong because you're not. It's all about money. Uh, I got Notre Dame. I hope they blow them out. <laughs> Steve? Here's the stat of the game going in to think about. Travis Etienne is one of the top running backs in the game, correct? That is correct. Correct. He has not been over 100 yards rushing in each of the last six games. That tells me that the offensive line of Clemson is not dominating the line of scrimmage, and that's where Notre Dame is really good defensively. Notre Dame. I have Notre Dame as well. I've been going back and forth all week because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make things a little more difficult, of course, but Notre Dame's linebackers... I've said time and time again, they've been the difference all year. They're going to be DJ, in this game. DJ Ungoali threw for 450 yards against Notre Dame. So, I mean, they've already had a team throw against them, like for Clemson. They won the game because they shut the running game down. Exactly. So, I got the Irish. Did you see how telling that is? I picked Notre Dame because I don't like the Clemson coach. You guys have it all broken down. <laughs> That's why I'm at last place. <laughs> you guys know what you're talking about. I just look at it and what I hear somebody say something stupid. I don't want them to win, so I don't pick them. <laughs>